you need to watch Into the Spider-Verse in a Quiet Place. What's up, Story Geeks? It's Jay. <laughs> Daryl. And we, on this show today, we are going to talk about Daryl, Justin, and my top favorite things of 2018, from movies to books to character journeys to stories. That's what we're talking about on today's podcast. That's right. And you already said it, but joining us, of course, is Justin Weaver. Greetings, who, greetings. Greetings, greetings, who <laughs> is not a guest anymore. Justin is now one of our hosts. One of our hosts. And it's Along great with to Sandra Demas, who is not here, unfortunately, but you'll hear a lot more from her to come, obviously. Absolutely. And we would love to hear uh, your thoughts on this topic, by the way. So please head over to thestorygeeks.com. That's where you can find all of our other content as well. 120 past podcasts, blog posts from Ashley and Anthony. And for those who support the show on Patreon, we have our aftercast, which we'll be talking about uh, our favorite podcast from 2018 and a look ahead at 2019 into what we are really excited to see. So thank you for listening in, and as always, The Story Geeks is produced by the Reclamation Society. So let's dig deeper into 2018. All right, uh, I'm here with Daryl Smith. Hello. And Justin Weaver. Greetings, greetings. Justin Weaver, our new teammate. I am just over the moon with excitement and thrilled to be invited to be a part of this team. Are you going to say greetings, greetings every time? Is that like your is that your catchphrase? That's phrase? my whole new brand. We'll like a hundred percent of the time, we're we're so far hearing greetings, greetings. So <laughs> get your Justin Weaver T-shirt with greetings, greetings on it. <laughs> no, we don't have T-shirts. We don't do T-shirts anymore. We will if you, at live events. By the way, we'll do T-shirts at live events. So you got to come to our, some of our live events. Nice. Just throw that out there yeah. as an aside. Anyways, <laughs> all right. So we're going to dive in today. This is a suggestion from our patron. Uh, Jim Baldwin and from Daryl Smith, two minds, two great minds thinking alike in terms yes. of us like recapping our 2018 in terms of the geek stuff that we got involved in, that we loved, some of the stuff that we maybe didn't like so much. So we're going to do that. We're going to give you our perspectives on 2018 from a geek perspective, especially from a storytelling geek perspective. And that brings us to the first part of the conversation, which, by the way, we can make this a defend it real easy, and we won't, but we could do it. Um, favorite movies. Daryl, kick us off here. What were your favorite geek movies of 2018? Well, I mean, there's the obvious ones. There's your Avengers Infinity War. There's your Black Panther. I mean, those were probably the two best superhero movies that came out. Okay. that I, I haven't seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse yet, mm-hmm. regrettably, but I hear it's fantastic, but... Those are probably the two best superhero movies that came out. I I I might have to fight for this to be a geek movie, but <laughs> I wanted to put Mission Impossible Fallout on the list. Oh yeah. I mean, if you watch those movies, they're practically sci-fi at this point. They're, almost. They're so far beyond they, reality. Yeah, they're almost sci-fi. Yeah, for sure. but one of my favorite things about that movie was that they filmed Tom Cruise flying the helicopter practically. Like yes, he, he actually learned, learned to fly how a helicopter. To do that. So yeah, there's. They dabble in reality. Yes. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Um, but my favorite movie of the year, not really going to be a surprise because we've already oh. talked about it a ton, but it's definitely A Quiet Place. Favorite movie of all time. Currently my favorite movie of all time. Currently yes. favorite movie of all time. 
My apologies to Christopher Nolan. You're still firmly in second place, but <laughs> but yes. Isn't he in like second, third, and fourth place? <clears throat> Probably. <laughs> yeah. All right, Justin. What uh, about you? My favorite movies right up there with Jay, Avengers Infinity War, Black Panther. I have The Quiet Place there. And then one that I feel like squeaks into the Greek geek category is Game Night. Um, it is... Wow. Yeah, so it's just kind of fantasy like you were saying with um mission impossible that it's way too heightened it's way too silly um but i also love board games and so that's one of the things that i'm going to be contributing to our conversations Mm. because there are some (laughs) wonderful stories that um unfold in board games so but yeah if you haven't seen game night it's a really fun really funny movie i did see it actually i'll be honest I saw some of it. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> I stopped. Oh, we, really? We rented it. Oh. And, and we didn't like it. How far did you get into it? Uh, maybe 40 minutes or so. Okay. And then you're just done, huh? I may, I may loan it to you and watch it with you <laughs> so that you can experience it with someone that enjoyed it. But I've also heard that Make from a couple like other it. people that it wasn't their favorite. Yeah, that'd be a new... That's a new show. It's a new show. Make me like it. We're, Make me like it. Isn't that what we're trying to do with everything anyway? <laughs> I guess, I guess. All right, so my... Uh, I had Infinity Gauntlet Black Panther on my list uh, for sure. Um my honorable mention, even though I don't know it's a great movie, uh, is Solo. I had a lot of fun. Solo, Solo was, I think yeah. Solo was a really good movie. Exactly. I agree with that. Um, a Quiet Place is number two. I think A Quiet Place is fantastic. It is a great film. Uh, lovingly made, well made. I was just recommending it to somebody the other day. I said, even if you don't like horror movies, you got to see A Quiet Place and you guys to get out. Now, Get Out's not a 2018 movie, otherwise it'd be up on our list. Right. Yeah. Um, but my number one movie of the year... Rampage. <laughs> yeah. Not Rampage? No. Skyscraper? <laughs> no, those combined. If you combine uh, <laughs> Skyscraper and Rampage, you get my yeah. favorite movie of all time. Dwayne Johnson's entire 2018 uh, body of work. Yeah. Clips of Dwayne Johnson working out on Instagram is yeah. my favorite movie of 2018. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, my favorite movie, my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies of all time now. I had to break this down somehow, and I'm not sure how to do this. But it is uh, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse? I was afraid wow. of that. Yeah. So I'm missing out. Uh, you I'm guys, so angry. You have to see it. You have to see it. I was going to. I just got sick. A bunch of people told me how amazing it was. And every time someone told me how amazing it was, I, I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, it can't be this amazing. You're overhyping it. Like, it's, it's gone past the point of happened to me with Get Out, too, a little bit. Um, and then I saw it, and I went, oh, no. They did not overhype that at all. That was that was amazing. Wow. So highly recommend that um, Into the Spider-Verse. If you don't like animation, watch it anyways. Like, mm. I, like honestly, like it doesn't matter that it's animation. You, it might annoy you at times with the kind of style. Um, Chris Hewitt and Helen O'Hara from <coughs> Empire Magazine did a spoiler special on it, and they talked with uh, the directors, or the producers, I should say, um, Lord and Miller. And they talked about some people not liking the animation, and that's your prerogative. If you don't like that, you don't like it. But you can't. You can't. I think it's phenomenal, and you can't beat the story. So, go check that out. Make sure you go check that out. I actually reached out to Daryl when he told me he hadn't seen it. I'm like, dude, when do you want to go? Because I'm gonna go back. I want to go back. Let's go see it. <laughs> <laughs> I- 
but we can go. I yeah. have some free movie tickets in my pocket right now. Oh. We, we can pack this up and just go. And that's it for oh. Story Geeks. We'll, we'll see, see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs>
They just they struck a great tone. Cool. I think was the Haley most important Steinfeld thing. Steinfeld is in Into the Spider Verse, by the way. <clears throat> yeah, as Gwen awesome. Stacy, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. She does. She does a phenomenal job. She's really good. Yeah, she's, she's very talented. Yep. Singer, actor. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. So Venom is my by far my least favorite. Uh, I don't think any other film was awful. I, I do think that um, Fallen Kingdom is a very much approaching awful for me. Uh, I also wanted to throw out some that I felt were disappointing. Um, some of them that may even surprise people listening. I was pretty disappointed in The Incredibles 2 or Incredibles 2. Mm. Um, I saw that. I had high hopes for it. The first one is so good. One of my favorite Pixar films. And then the second one just came in, and it, even the premise and the way it was advertised, I thought I was going to love it. It looked like it was digging into some really interesting things and themes, and it didn't go anywhere for me, and I really did not mm. like it. Um, we might have just stumbled onto a friendly fire topic for the future. Uh-oh. Yeah. I thought it was better than the first one. You did? Oh. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. Now it's, okay, gloves come off. How <laughs> dare you? So. I'm writing this down. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ready Player One disappointed me. Uh, it's a decent yeah. film. It's not a bad film. I just expected more because I read the book and I really enjoyed the book. <coughs> uh, Ant Man and the Wasp disappointed me. Uh, again, not a bad film. Have you watched it a moments. second time? No, just Do watched it. it the one time. Really? Watch it a second time because I felt the same way. Yeah. And then when I watched it a second time on DVD, I was like, no, I'm not as I'm not as against it as I thought okay. I was. I'm not against it. It just disappointed me. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna now. This is not a geek film. But I just have to say this because no one else has been saying this and everyone has been throwing love at this film over and over and over again. And I finally watched it. Oh and I'm, boy. And I'm like, it's I'm to get dark. <laughs> I'm really glad it was made. Oh no. I am really glad that it was that it showcased that uh more people of color can make okay. an amazing film. I was going to say, I think I know what he's going to say, but I don't want to guess because I don't want to be the one to say something racist. But Crazy Rich Asians is not good, dude. It is not a good film. Anybody who's out there saying, like, this film is really good, I'm like, really? Because it is a Netflix film at best. Like, a straight-to-video film at best. Now, am I glad that they're making movies that have um, an entirely Asian cast? Absolutely. I'm very glad about that. Let's now make a good one. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to say it because no one else is saying it, and somebody had to say it. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'll make sure my wife doesn't listen to this episode. We'll be good to go. Yeah, <laughs> or my wife. Yeah, <laughs> you, you guys' wives loved it. Yeah. No, yeah. my wife and I sit there and we went, "Oh, that was real okay. That was real okay." <laughs> I didn't see it. That was solidly mediocre. Yeah, that was solidly mediocre. And and the only reason I bring it up is because. <laughs> it was sold to me as being amazing mm. and. I'm not saying it wasn't maybe groundbreaking, but it's not groundbreaking because it's a great story. It's groundbreaking because of what they were able to achieve given the cast. Sure. And and the thoughts that it would not achieve that. I think we're way past, I hope we're way past as a culture, not going to see films because they contain um, diverse casts because that's just stupid and terrible. Um, But I I was just surprised. (laughs) I was surprised that it got so much love. Anyways. Moving on from that, moving on from Jay's negativity. Uh, Daryl, give us your top TV shows. Um, Favorite TV shows of 2018. Um, I had quite a few. I would say the breakout TV show for me, by far, that hits all the buttons for me and makes me really, really happy is Titans. Uh, There you go. Yeah. I mean, I have been waiting for such a long time 
for a great live action representation of Dick Grayson. And in my opinion, this is the first one. Is he Nightwing mm. yet, though? No, not yet. Okay. But he is no longer Robin. Ah, okay. And this is only available on the DC streaming service, right? Yeah. I don't know if they're going to release it on DVD at some point. Maybe they will. Got it. I'm not sure. But um, let me, I'll, I'll probably throw a few spoilers out here. So just to warn you guys if you haven't watched it yet. But um, just because in order to talk about it properly, I kind of have to. But no, he hasn't become Nightwing yet, but he has dropped being Robin. He burned the Robin costume. Oh. Um, but it's just like, I, 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 you know, no offense to Burt Ward. Um, maybe I do have a little bit of offense meant to Chris O'Donnell or at least Joel Schumacher, but, uh, I just don't think those versions captured, captured who Dick Grayson is Mm. at all. And this one does really well. And just as a random little aside, I remember watching a movie called The Signal. It's a sci-fi film with Lawrence Fishburne. You guys ever heard of that? No. It came out a few years ago and I was watching that with my wife and as we were watching it. Um, the main actor in it, I told her, I'm like, you know what? If this guy was a little bit older, mm-hmm. he'd be a really good Dick Grayson. Mm. And that actor was Brenton Thwaites, who plays Dick Grayson. Are you now. serious? Yeah. Wow. You called it? I called it. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was meant to be. Yep. But it's just really good. It's dark. It gets criticism for being dark. Yeah, he says F Batman. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then later on in the series, he actually says F you to Batman directly. So, so it's a fully M... M for mature audiences, M-A, I guess it's called. Language and violence-wise, Language yes. and violence, okay. Yeah. Um, so it's like one step with language past Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that might be a fair comparison tone-wise, but it's not dark just to be dark. It's not trying to like be DC and be all dark and stuff like that. Like <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. So I won't ramble on about it anymore, but Titans was fantastic. Um, I also really loved Lost in Space. The Netflix huh. reboot of Lost in Space. Yeah, okay. hadn't, I haven't watched that one yet. I think the parents in that are probably two of my favorite TV parents I've ever seen. Nice. Wow. I thought they were really, really well represented. Tell John Krasinski for the sequel to get a uh, quiet place. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Do they need another dad for a quiet place? Did something happen? Oh, I'm not saying anything about it. They should just start over with a new couple and this being the couple. <laughs> I don't think they should make another movie, actually, but uh, we'll see how it is. Defendant podcast number two. No, yeah. Um, the Walking Dead was fantastic this year. Really? In my opinion, yeah. I love ditching Rick Grimes. I loved Rick Grimes, but I think the show without him hmm. is infinitely more interesting now. Wow. I actually could see that being true. And I'd... they're bringing the Whisperers into it, which was really interesting. Cool. Justin and I both dropped out, so we don't watch uh, yeah, that I know. show anymore. I know. Yeah. But you might want to consider coming back because it's really good. And whether or not you liked Negan, yeah. I know you, you guys kind of dropped out around the Negan time, right. right? Yeah. Well, that whole the majority of that storyline has played out, yeah. and now Negan is still alive, and is a prisoner of everybody, hmm. and he's one of the most interesting characters on television now. In my I opinion, I have always loved his charisma. He yeah. cracks me up. I think Negan's fantastic. It's not why I left. I left because I felt like it was just retreading old ground again. Well, now's a good time to pick it up then yeah. because it's all new now. That's cool. Awesome. Maybe like I can just jump in. The Whisperers make things totally different. Because hmm. if you don't know what the Whisperers are, they are people who disguise themselves as walkers. Ah. They wear walker skin and everything and disguise themselves. 
Seems sanitary. So in the, yeah, so in the in the episode where they show up, um, the walkers are doing things that you don't expect them to do. Yeah, they're following people, mm. and they're usually they'll use noises to attract the walkers and kind of control where the herds go and stuff. Yeah, that fails. It doesn't work. Ah, they turn a different direction. And then at one point, one of the characters, I won't say who, just in case people haven't seen it yet, um, goes to kill a walker, uh-huh. and the walker dodges him and turns Whoa. around and kills him. Oh. Yeah. Yikes. So at first, they make it seem like, is this like supernatural? Have they evolved? And yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah. It's the whisperers. They're okay. people disguised as walkers, but it's super cool. That is pretty cool. Uh, okay, and then just really quickly, I've only seen one episode so far, but I'm really intrigued by the new Doctor Who. The first time I've ever really watched Doctor Who, but I watched one episode. I really liked it. But the only other thing I want to mention, and I'm not going to say a ton about it, so that I'll let Justin say a ton about it instead, is The Haunting of Hill House. Mm. Is an amazing show. So your top is Titans. Top is Titans. Second is probably The Haunting of Hill House. Nice. Yeah. Justin, what do you think? I do have some things to say. I know you do. (laughs) Um, So here's like a deep honorable mention. I'm just throwing out Rick and Morty. It didn't even have an episode <laughs> air this year, but uh, that show uh, continues to crack me up. Dan Harmon, um, he writes some really funny things and some really thought-provoking things, and I'm excited for whatever they decide to make some more episodes. Um, some of the shows that I have started watching this year are The Rookie and 911. Um Neither of them are groundbreaking in storytelling, but my wife and I have been in, able to enjoy watching both those together. And then Brooklyn Nine-Nine is the comedy that we kind of go oh, to. Yeah. Um, and they have more episodes coming out um, on NBC in January. So I'm excited about that. But yes, uh, my top show of the year is The Haunting of Hill House. Um, that show got under my skin. I took yeah. a break from it um, after a couple of episodes. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sleep like, well for a couple nights. I'm just not <laughs> going to watch it. Um, and it. I feel like the first couple episodes were scarier than the rest of the show. Because after I took a break, I was kind of like, eh, I, you Everybody know, the rest of it was said it was, was like the scariest thing ever. Like I saw on yeah. CNN that there were people fainting and vomiting from how scary it was. And, <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, it's going to ruin you. And I did not find it to be that scary no but it, i think the story's amazing but it it's really not is super scary um and there's so many different articles and things that have been written about it because people are saying that each of the kids are different stages in the grief process yeah. mm-hmm. um and that's a fascinating idea and i don't know how much of that was actually intended by the writer it was they've, they've great because it. it makes a lot of sense but i just don't want to uh you know make yeah. a fan theory like the real thing yeah um but there's a lot of things about addiction, forgiveness, facing your own mistakes, owning up to your weaknesses, growing and having like real relationships with um, your adult family yeah. and just with all the baggage that's involved with that. So there was one episode that was um, the viewing of one of the characters that dies in the very first episode. Um, and the whole family's there. And uh, one of my friends described it as a play. Uh, it, it it's is. shot to look like it's a single take yeah. for most of the episode. Yeah. And you're just watching individual characters deal with this and cope with this and um, have 
unexpected emotional outburst. And it's it was a wonderful show. Someone said it, it is This Is Us with ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved that. It, it totally fit for me. So this yeah, that episode is really was us. This was us. Yeah, <laughs> this was us. That episode you're talking about is so brilliant because a lot of people do that, right? They do the one shot thing, mm-hmm. but they sort of do it as an exhibition of how good they are. Yeah, or as a check me out kind of thing, and it's they make it clear that it's one shot. Right. That episode's not that way. Yeah. It's just an amazing episode, and then if you go back and pay attention to it, you're like, oh crap. This yes. is almost one whole take. Yeah. That's crazy. And they used it um, to further the story and not just be a gimmick. Yeah. Um, there was a moment when the father walks in and it pans across the room and all of the characters are being portrayed by the child actors that are, you know, shot during the previous scenes and everything. Yeah. And so he sees his children uh, as their younger selves. Um, just coming in as a father who's caring for his kids that are hurting yeah. right now because they lost a sibling. And then it pans back to him and pans back to the room and it's back to the regular actors and stuff. Yeah. But things like that, it had a, it had an emotion. I got an, an emotional response out of that oh, yeah. moment. So um, if you have not seen The Haunting of Hill House and you can stomach some suspense and horror, it's worth it. It's a good story. My wife keeps trying to get me to watch it. And I'm like, I want to sleep. I would like it's to sleep. It's not that scary. Uh, it's really not. You're the only person that says that. <laughs> but I, I would say the first two or three episodes... Yeah, are terrifying. Unt- yeah. Uh, well, not... I don't know if I'd say terrifying, but until I understood whether I could trust the storyteller or not and yeah. what kind of show this was going to be, because the first few episodes, it's like, I don't know if these kids are about to die brutally. Oh. Like, I, I, I just don't know what kind of show this is. Right, right, so right. So I think I brought a lot of anxiety into the viewing experience. Yes, 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 um, yes. Then once I started to trust the storyteller, I, I relaxed a lot. Uh, okay. So You know what the difference is? What's that? They're not trying to scare you. They're trying to tell you... <laughs> there are some times no, they're I, trying to scare I you. I really don't think they are. I think they're trying to tell you a great story about uh, yeah. a scary thing. Yeah, that's fair. But they're I not know. trying but to jump spook you out. There are some jump scares. There, yeah. I think there's some stuff they're trying to scare you with. There are jump scares. Yet it all serves the story. And, and there's none stuff of it that's is... much more intelligent than jump scares too. Yes. Yeah. There are some truly terrifying moments, and yeah, yeah, it's great. All right, you got all your shows, Justin. Th- those are all my shows. Those are all your shows. Okay. Um, I only have. Three shows, actually, on my list. Uh, the first being Daredevil, season three. Very strong entry. I'm really sad that it's been canceled. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about it in some of the canceled other... Canceled in air quotes. Wait till the Disney streaming service comes out. Yeah, but they're not and, gonna... and two years pass. I just don't think that they're going to bring it back in the same way, and that's what I'm disappointed in. Maybe not. Yeah. We'll see. They might, but I, I just can't imagine anybody saying shit on the Disney streaming service. <laughs> There's not in a movie, at least, right? Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, my favorite geek show of the year, probably my favorite show of the year too, but my non-geek show is just crazy awesome too, is uh, Game of Thrones. Game mm. of Thrones ramping up to its conclusion here coming in in 2019. Um, absolutely fantastic storytelling. A story that is off the walls bonkers. Um with all the characters you think are going to be your lead characters dying. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's just insane the amount of like, and there's, there's just so much. I will say, I'll say this about Game of Thrones. I started reading the books. 
I got so depressed at the end of book two with humanity and what humanity is capable of that I just had to stop. And then my wife was like, I really want to watch Game of Thrones, the, the TV series. And I was like, I know what it is, and it's going to be so devastating to watch. I don't want to see all the things I read about. It would just be too much for me. However, I, we started watching the series together, and this is what I would say about it. I mean, it's got all of the HBO nonsense that HBO has, so just be prepared for that. But it's much easier to watch the show than it is to read the books. Because mm. when you read the books, you get the internal monologues of the characters as they're experiencing horrendous things, which is way worse than just seeing someone experience something horrendous. Okay. If you now are invited into their emotional state, you're like, that's horrible. And also, when there's really disturbing things, there's some incest, for example. In the book, you take that at face value. You take that as these two are a brother and a sister. Um, in the show, you're like, oh, they're actors. There's a, there's a suspension of disbelief that helps you emotionally watching the show that the book does not allow you to experience. Yeah. Aquaman so. wouldn't do that in real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Aquaman would never do something like that in real life. Um, I was like, first at first I was like, Aquaman, because... <laughs> He's not in a lot of seasons, I'll put it that way. Um, Yeah, that's a great show. Game of Thrones is a great show. Obviously, like I said, big caveat, you've got the adult themes running throughout. Um, My non-geek show that is so good that I have to mention it is Better Call Saul. If you're not watching Better Call Saul, you got to watch Better Call Saul. It is probably the best drama I have ever seen in my entire life. Wow. Uh, Breaking Bad was phenomenal. I think Better Call Saul might be better. Hmm. And it's less action-oriented. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so good. Do you watch it? I, I think I am a season behind. I've been watching okay. it when it's on Netflix. Same, same. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. And and Bob Odenkirk's performance is out of this world. I don't know. Dude needs an Emmy. Give him whatever you can give him because it's amazing. So those are mine. Favorite comic books and books. Daryl even brought examples. Well, I brought something to read. Oh, okay. To display how good it is. Okay, okay. So, Justin, you want to go first? Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to share with you guys my pull box. So, um, The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, always going to be on that list. Um, Darth Vader and Star Wars both have great runs right now. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Star Wars later. But I think my favorite right now would be Dr. Aphra, which is like a Mm. spinoff from the main Star Wars and Darth Vader uh, things. But the storytelling is really uh, quick and witty. Uh, She is an anti-hero, so she does some good things and some horrible things. And they've introduced some characters that are a lot of fun and feel truly um, well-placed in the Star Wars universe for me. So I am really curious when she'll get an opportunity to have some screen time, whether that's in one of the animated series or in one of the spin-off movies or I'm something sure like that. sure get her into live action eventually. Yeah. So that's my pull box of 2018. Nice. Okay. Well, okay, here we go. Comics of 2018. I'll be honest, comics is the extent of my reading. I don't really read novels a whole lot. So, um, I've talked about Batman White Knight a little bit before. 
That's probably one of my favorite Batman stories of all time. Uh, written and drawn by Sean Gordon Murphy. Check that one out. It's a really cool story where basically Joker finds a medicine that he can take that makes him sane hmm. and um, becomes basically Gotham's white knight. Like he becomes the man that everybody trusts in Gotham and turns them against Batman, who is a darkened, crazed vigilante. Um, and it's all about Batman trying to fix that and what it takes and Gotham writes just, it's super, super cool. One of my favorite comic stories I've ever read. Mm. Uh, there's Mr. Miracle by Tom King and Mitch Garrods, which was amazing, which was very dark. It's a very dark take on an otherwise usually pretty lighthearted character. But Mr. Miracle is essentially the son of Darkseid. Huh. So they actually wrote a story that explores what it might be like to be the son of the most evil being in the universe. So that was super cool. There is one running right now called Heroes in Crisis in DC. It's a big crossover where there is essentially what's called the Sanctuary in the DC universe. It's a place where heroes can go to basically get therapy Mm. and process their PTSD from everything that they face. And it's like a safe haven for them to go do that. But somebody breaks in and kills a whole bunch of people. Mm. Wow. Including right now Wally West. Oh. And I hope they fix that because if they just <laughs> killed Wally West, I'm going to be pretty upset. But the story's ongoing. It's really cool. Also written by Tom King. You'll see a big theme in the stuff that I love. I'll step away from Tom King for one second, but I'll come back. Um, there's a comic called Gideon Falls, which is written by Jeff Lemire. It's a horror comic, which I'm not normally into, but it is fascinating. It's basically about um, this black barn mm-hmm. that appears. And we don't know too well yet what's inside the black barn. We've seen once, but it was really trippy and really strange. Mm-hmm. So we're still kind of learning. But the story goes back and forth between a priest um, in a rural town who just took over for another priest who was murdered and is learning like of murders that have gone on in this town and is now seeing the barn. And then the rest of the story is spent with this guy who is like a mental patient mm. because of every, every time that he's seen the barn and now he's getting his therapist to believe him and she's seen it. And it's really hard to explain, but it's really creepy. Mm. Uh, so Gideon falls. And that's ongoing. You don't have, it's ongoing. Yeah. Yet? Wow. I think it's, uh, maybe eight issues in so far. Really, really good. But, um, the other thing I was going to mention, and this is why I have comics sitting in front of me. Very specifically, Batman number 56 and 57, which was written by Tom King and drawn by Tony Daniel, who's one of my favorite artists. But these stories, these issues pick up after Dick Grayson has been shot in the head by a Batman villain called the KG Beast, which is um, in Batman versus Superman. There's the guy um, Anatoly Kanayazev, I believe is his name. He's the one that kidnaps Martha Kent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, If you've seen the Ultimate Edition, he's the one that kills Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the KG Beast. Oh. They don't call him that in the movie, but that's him. Okay. So in the comics, he shot Dick Grayson in the head, didn't kill him, but did mess him up and take away a lot of his memory. And so in the comics right now, Dick Grayson is not Nightwing. 
and he's just Dick Grayson and he's processing all of that. But um, there's basically this scene where he did that and then he disappeared to a remote cabin in Russia. Okay. In the hills of Russia, with all this snow, like the hardest place to get to possible. And these two issues are basically about Batman doing whatever he has to do to get to that place mm. and find him because Dick Grayson was shot in the head and this crush is Batman. Yeah. So I want to read one little part here just because I think it's cool. So this is after he has found the KG Beast. He has beaten him within an inch of his life. <laughs> he didn't kill him, but um, he's beaten him pretty badly. And he knows that somebody hired him. So he wants to find out who hired him to do this. So KG Beast is lying bloody in the snow. His neck is broken. He's bleeding all over the place. And he says to Batman, if you get me help, I'll tell you who hired me to kill your boy. And I just love this because I think it showcases Batman's care for Dick Grayson Mm -hmm. and how important he is. He says, I got a bullet in my arm and a body of hurt. There's a 3,000 click walk ahead of me through nothing but snow and ice. I'm the world's greatest detective. I'll find out who hired you, and I'll break them too. You can get your own damn help. (laughs) (laughs) And I just love how, like, over-the-top and twisted Batman gets when somebody he cares about is hurt. Mm. So. Over-the-top and twisted on Daryl's best of list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Cool. I really uh, did not... Read any new books. I, I um, listened to the audio book of uh, Ready Player One, uh, which is not an eight, 2018 book. I do recommend it. I do, did like it. Did enjoy it. It's better than the movie. It's more of a time commitment than the movie, but it's better than yeah. the movie. Uh, and other than that, I mean, anything that was released in 2018 was referred to me by Daryl. That's <laughs> true. And it was mostly <laughs> so those mostly that I just those. said. Yeah, mostly those. Uh, and then I don't think... The mind management book that I read was released in 2018, no, but it's I did older, enjoy but that. It's so good. Yeah, I did really enjoy that one too. I think that'll make a good film. Yeah, uh, it'll be a film someday for sure. So that's favorite comics and books. Anything that was left out that you guys want to? You almost ta- almost everything Tom King did. Tom King's amazing, and you just mentioned mind management, which is written by Matt Kint. Yeah, and he's got a whole slew of amazing stuff. Yeah. He's also got Grass Kings and Department H, mm. which I would recommend everybody go out and check out. There you go. Not necessarily released in 2018, but a lot of it has been compiled into trades in 2018. Ah, got it. And it's so good. Cool. All right, now we're going to get into uh, favorite character. Favorite character from 2018. Daryl, why don't you kick us off on favorite character? Well, I have to go with Lee Abbott from A Quiet Place, don't I? Mm. You probably have to, yeah. I mean... Although, did they ever say his actual name? You just got to say the dad. Well, we know it's Abbott because we saw their name yeah. on the mailbox, I think it was. No, I don't think they say his name in the movie. It's the just IMDb in the closing yeah. credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it is Lee Abbott. That's John Krasinski's character from A Quiet Place. Uh, Steve Rogers in Infinity War, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. He didn't say much, no. um, but I really enjoyed him. And to give a shout out to Helen O'Hara... Uh, the beard was magnificent. <laughs> um, but I just loved how they sort of darkened his character a little bit and yeah. gave him a little bit more gravity. Absolutely. That was really cool. And from what it sounds like, we have more to look forward to in his story arc in Endgame. Yeah, and a lot more dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dick Grayson from Titans. Mm. Uh, I talked about Titans already. Um, 
Newt Scamander oh. from Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Nice. <laughs> that movie seemed to take a lot of flack. It seemed like people yeah. didn't like it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I heard the I same thing. really enjoyed it. And I thought that the progression of Newt's character was really interesting in that movie. Mm. My contribution. I can't tell if you agree with me or not as well, you're so looking at just, me. I, I had a weird <laughs> viewing experience for that movie. Um, we went opening night and uh, we were rushed. Uh, Kim and I were both rushed from our different places of work. Mm-hmm. And so we were going to see it more for her. So I sent her in, told her I loved her. We hadn't eaten dinner, so I stood in line for concessions, and I yeah. missed the first 45 minutes of that movie. Oh, my gosh. Waiting for our concessions. So I enjoyed what I saw of the movie, but I missed a fair amount of it. You need to see it. it again. Yeah, I yeah. will. I will. Um, I'm also going to throw Enfys Nest from Solo onto this list. I thought that was a super interesting character, hmm. and I wish that movie was more successful so that maybe we could see more of Enfys Nest. I'm not sure if we'll ever get to. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were talking about the, the haunting of Hill House. I think one of the most interesting characters on television this year and the most interesting character on that show is, um, Hugh Crane, the dad Hmm. and specifically the young version of him. Okay. Henry Thomas's portrayal of him. I was just fascinated by him. Hmm. Just Just trying to hold things together. Yeah. I can fix it. Yeah. And just trying to, like, literally his whole world is falling apart. His wife's going crazy. Mm. Mold is um, growing yeah. from somewhere. Yeah, something creepy as hell is going on, and he's trying to deal with it and protect his kids from it, but yeah. also not, like, make them helpless. Yep. Like, it's just so interesting because, in my opinion, he was actually a fantastic father Yeah. and did a really, really great job. Yet, when you look at the modern-day portion of that show, it would seem that the narrative was he really screwed up and he messed all of them up, and they don't think of him as having been a good father. Hmm. When in reality, I think he really, really was. Hmm. And I think he's redeemed a bit by the end of the whole story. Yeah. So those are mine. I don't think you guys have said any of mine yet. So here we go. All right. Killmonger. Killmonger, absolutely. A uh, brilliantly written character, Killmonger. Uh, Nakia and T'Challa from that are fantastic as well. Love all those characters. Loved Thanos. Mm-hmm. Always loved me some Rocket Raccoon, even though he didn't have a ton to do. In, nope. uh, but he's still great. Um, but now let's get into my favorites. Peter B. Parker, Into the Spider-Verse. Hilarious, heartwarming, fantastic. <laughs> Miles Morales, endearing Hero's journey story, and then literally every character from the Spider Verse. There's not a bad character in Gosh, that entire film. Wow, I want to go see it right now. Oh, uh, you need to. I mean, the Gwen Stacy character is phenomenal. I thought for sure that Peter Porker was going to be like real <laughs> dumb. Like, I mean, why? Why is he? Included that fascinates in this? me that they use that. Okay, so that character has been around for a long time. Yeah, I saw Spider Ham, as yeah. they call him, comics when I was a kid. Yeah. And literally this morning, I'm walking around Target with my family, and like some 20-something dude with his girlfriend walks down the, the aisle, and yeah. he's like, oh, it's called Spider-Ham. <laughs> and I'm like, I never would have guessed that yeah. now people would be talking about Spider-Ham in Target. When, you, when, they, when they put all of these things together, 
it's remarkable. It, it, there's no way that it should work. It's like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Like, we have a talking raccoon. You're like, it, that should not work. There's no reason that should work. And it just works brilliantly. All, all across the map, those characters. I, I was thinking, what happened to me was I started listing those. I listed um, Peter B. Parker, and then I listed uh, Miles Morales. And then I go, oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. And, and I just like, couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. So that's. Those are my favorites. Those are my favorite characters of the year. And wow. uh, really, really enjoyed that. So now let's go into our... Uh, uh, Justin I'm didn't get to go. Contribute oh, I, I one thing. No, no, no wonder we, I we, didn't, were, we didn't We were conversing, anything. and I'm agreeing with like everything that you guys host, are saying. Man. I know. Um, and one thing uh, <laughs> about Thanos and Thor um, from Infinity War, they are both on their own hero's journey, and it ends up being Thanos' movie because he gets his goal. Yeah. Um, he collects everything he needs to collect and uh, he ends up executing everything. But it could have, it was so close to being Thor's movie because he <laughs> goes and gets the weapon. Uh, he brings it to the battlefield. It's uh, so it's just fascinating. I listened to the director's commentary and it was wonderful to see their parallel stories from the first scene to the last scene oh, and no that way. it ends up just being. Thanos by a nose, yeah, you know, but yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I didn't even think of that. That's yeah, a really no, great I, point. I hadn't either. Yeah. The, the writers of that story thought about the structure so well; it, it was amazing. Um, but the one thing I'm going to add to this is Princess Leia. Now oh. you may say, Justin, yeah, the Last Jedi came out last year. That's right. I'm talking about Princess Leia. From the comic books. Oh, so excellent. the Star Wars comic book run right now is taking place between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back. And there was a storyline called Hope Dies, where Leia has collected a pretty good fleet of the Resistance. Um, but she has trusted a character that betrays her oh, no to way. some horrible, horrible ends. Um and watching Leia <laughs> respond uh, as a good leader in a crisis, and then as she's trying to put the pieces back together, it's been fascinating to see some really fleshed out um, story arcs for her. Because yeah. you know we only get so much in movies. Right. So uh, Princess Leia is the one thing I will add to that from the comic book run. Excellent, excellent choices. And we're gonna keep on the character trajectory by talking about our favorite character journeys. So Justin, why don't you start us off so I don't forget you this time? Hey, why don't I just continue <laughs> talking about Princess Leia for a perfect, second? Perfect. I kind of started to bleed into that, but um what she uh there have been a couple comic book uh runs of Star Wars. One was just called Princess Leia, and it posed the question of how do you, how are you a princess? when your planet no longer exists. Ah. And so she goes and takes care of uh, men and women of Alderaan that are on different planets and mm. preserves Alderaan culture, even though the planet no longer exists. That series was released a couple years ago, but I have just been impressed with how much... Uh, the producers of Star Wars love her character, which yeah. is a surprise to nobody, but they have been fleshing her out as not only a great character, but an excellent leader. 
and a growing leader. And as I am seeking to be a growing leader, she has been uh, a little bit of an inspiration oh, that's to cool. me um, through these different stories. So her uh, character journey, specifically in Hope Dies for this year, mm. but just in the different comic book series uh, so far, I've, I've really, really been enjoying her. Awesome. I, I, I need to... Uh, this is, I guess, a spoiler alert for the rest of 2019, but I'll, and I'll say this on other podcasts as well, but um, we are basically all getting subscriptions to Marvel Unlimited, and so we will be reading a lot more of these comics that we haven't been able to read. <laughs> we'll be reading a lot of them, which is, I can't wait to read some of the yeah. Star Wars stuff that they got on there. It'd be awesome. And if you want the tactile experience, I have them. So oh, nice. Just as an option. Just if we want that, too. Um, Daryl. Favorite character journey? I mean, it's people that I've mentioned already. Lee Abbott from A Quiet Place, Steve Rogers in Infinity War. But my number one, and I rec- I know there's a whole lot of personal bias attached to this, but it has to be Dick Grayson on Titans. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Just watching him go from being... It starts off with him. He's still Robin, and he's incredibly angry at Batman, and he's broken away from him, and he's gone to... Michigan, mm-hmm. and he's a cop there now. He doesn't live in Gotham anymore. And he's just angry at Batman. Mm. He he thinks Batman was trying to turn him into this terrible, dark figure, and he doesn't want to be that, so he's rebelling against it. Mm. Um, and you don't necessarily go so far as to him becoming Nightwing, but you do go so far as to him finally sort of stepping out of that mm. and accepting what's next for him. Yeah. And this new sort of family he has with Raven and Beast Boy and Starfire and and sort of embracing his old family of like Wonder Girl and Hawk and Dove and bringing them all together and super cool. Yeah, mm. that is cool. I love it. I um. So when you hear my list, uh, one of the things I realized, and we talked a bit, little bit about this in the state of the DC, the world of DC or the state of DCEU with Scott Nicewander. Um, I talked about Wonder Woman's character and her basically going from uh, innocence or ignorance to knowledge or or becoming aware of the world. That's a tr- that's basically the traditional hero's journey sort of um, kind of vibe, right? You you don't start out with a char- character who's unlikable and they become likable. They they're likable from the moment they show up till the moment that they finish their journey. Um, those journeys to me are fun. I like them. I'm glad we have them in cinema, but they're not my favorites. My favorites are the characters who have been making poor choices and then realize and recognize that their poor choices are poor choices, and then they make a big change in their lives and ultimately find some sort of redemption in that change. So that's kind of true if you look at my um, favorite character journey people as well. I'm going to throw out um, Arya Stark and Sansa Stark, uh, both of which, both of whom in Game of Thrones are on some very fascinating character journeys. Uh, Sansa, honestly, was one of the worst characters in the entire series until the recent... She's finally found herself, basically, right, without spoiling anything. Arya Stark is on a journey that is very dark and keeps getting darker, but is really fascinating to me. So I'll put the two Starks on there. Um, Daredevil's journey in Season 3 is fantastic. I'll nice. talk a little bit more about that. Um in the next section that we're going to talk about, but I, I really like his journey there. Um, the dad and daughter from a quiet place. 
phenomenal journeys mm-hmm. yeah. for both those characters. They have to get over some very deep personal hurt in order to thrive. Um, and they have to sacrifice things along the way as well. Unquestionable that that is a fantastic character journey. Yep. Uh, T'Challa has a great character journey because he's a little bit more on the side of Killmonger than he realizes when he begins the film. But by the end of the film, he's full Nakia, let's do this kind of side, and I, mm-hmm. I really like that. And then my probably my favorite character journey of the year is the is the Peter Peter Parker journey in uh, Into the Spider Verse. Mm. So really, really good stuff. Now, probably you only get that question and this question on the Story Geeks podcast. I think I don't know that you get these questions on a lot of other other podcasts. But this next question is, what is your favorite message or theme coming out of a geek property over 2018? I'll start with Daryl this time. Uh, I'm just going to go back to A Quiet Place. Yeah. And just the idea of doing anything for family and um, the importance of family, like Emily Blunt's character says in it, who are we if we can't protect them? And... Just the relationships that are so well told mm. within that story, like you just mentioned him and his daughter. Yeah. There's also him and his son when his son is so afraid of everything, so he takes him to a waterfall where yeah. he can finally speak and be loud and feel safe. And just the whole theme of family throughout that movie is why it's my favorite movie now. Yeah. 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 Yeah, what I want to add to that movie is just sacrificial love. Yeah. So that was... My top theme uh, of the year was just loving in a a day-to-day basis, but then also in the extraordinary circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, I, yeah, that that movie is an important one. Yeah. So um, two other themes, one that we've already talked about um, is just the haunting of Hill House. I'm, I, I think that their commitment to the mess of life and seeing it through by the end is important. Um, uh, There was a therapist that said, you get to choose your own pain. And so some people choose the pain of addiction because they are pushing down things that they don't want to deal with. Um, And that brings the pain of, you know, broken relationships and uh, all kinds of stuff. Or you can choose the pain of, therapy and the hard road to, you know, go through a rough thing in a relationship and to face truth about yourself. Um, but that that kind of pain has a payoff, that there's life on the other side of that pain. So um, it's not just that dealing with the reality and the crap of life is um, gratuitous pain, but that, that that has the potential to really yield uh, wonderful life-giving results on the other side. Um, and then just one that I keep thinking about is Infinity War. Again, in the director's commentary, they talk about how all the characters in Infinity War are willing to sacrifice themselves, but very, very few of them are willing to take the next step and sacrifice someone else. And that just is an important question throughout the entire movie that ends with Wanda and Vision um, and... Uh, yeah, it's an, in- an interesting thread throughout the entire movie. Um, and then one thing that I'm looking forward to Endgame about is just kind of exploring what do you do when you're defeated? What do you do when you've lost? And how do you continue to be 
a good person and a hero uh, in that state. I'm curious what they're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I have um, Infinity War also on mine, but for a slightly different reason, actually, with the message and theme that they also sneak in there. But just before I get there, because that's probably my favorite one, uh, Struggling with Doubt and Faith, uh, Daredevil Season 3, um, always a really important thing, I think. I'm glad that somebody is pursuing that in 2018, because some, some years that kind of theme <coughs> does get dropped, depending on what kind of um, media, what, what our people want to produce. But that's so quintessential to Daredevil's journey, is this relationship that he has with faith. Um, in this case, it's the Catholic Church, but it could be, you can apply that to any faith, really, as you're watching him go through his journey, uh, and what that looks like and what it means, and the pain that people have, and the pain that they feel, and the, what causes them to doubt mm. uh, their faith. I think it's really good. Um, I think Game of Thrones is a really interesting one, because there's many, 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 many themes and messages in Games of Thrones. Game of Thrones. One of the ones that I find really interesting because of what took place in 2018 is the... For those of you who don't know and have any context to Game of Thrones, this is not a major spoiler. This is a very minor spoiler. As the Game of Thrones is being played about who will take over the most land and the most people and the most whatever, there's also this this magical, mystical, dark force that is going to invade the land. And they're playing the Game of Thrones under the threat of invasion from a supernatural power, essentially, right? And uh, that's a fascinating message to – you can get so caught up in the day-to-day of what it takes for you to win that you could actually lose the greater, the greater war, the greater battle. Um, and I think that's a really important thing for us to be thinking about as well, right? Like what are the things that we do? What, is the, what are the rat races that we're caught in where we feel like we have to win when we're actually missing the bigger picture? We're missing the bigger battle. We're losing the bigger fight because we're so concentrated on beating the other people around us. Um, really, really interesting to me. I like that. The So the, I'll just circle back around. This happened with bo- in both Infinity War and in Black Panther with Thanos and Killmonger. Um, and even T'Challa had to learn to adapt to this to these perspectives. But the point being that we all have times when we put morality or moral activities or moral viewpoints above people and the devastation that that causes. Thanos puts a moral a moral judgment about the environment over human or sentient beings and he chooses to kill people in order to achieve a balance that putting morality above people is a very dangerous thing. We talked about that in the Captain America character journey with Helen O'Hara, how about how important it is and why Cap, Cap's character is so cool because despite having a strong moral character and a strong moral values, he never lets he never puts those things in in front of people. They only serve to help other people. Really like that perspective. Killmonger, same way. He's putting He's going to put down one group of people so he can lift up another. He's going to destroy one group of people so that he can lift up another. And that is, again, him saying, I want to win, and I want to win in this way. I want my morality to win over this morality. And uh, I really like that that 
the MCU is playing with. These are good things that we all want to achieve, but at what price would we achieve them? And there are some prices that we would um, that we'd be paying that are uh, not worthy of being of of being paid. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I, I rambled a little bit on that one, but that's, that's one of my favorite messages this year too. So, mm-hmm. all right, we're going to do one more thing. We're going to talk about our favorite story of the year. So encompassing all of the things we talked about, journeys, characters, plots, whatever, we're going to each give our favorite story of the year. Um, but before we do that, I, w- I do want to tell you about our aftercast in our aftercast. We are going to talk about our favorite uh, Story Geeks podcasts of the year and our favorite other podcasts of the year as well. Um, And then we're also going to look forward into 2019 and give you our favorite upcoming things that we're doing. So stay stay around for the aftercast. $2 a month or more on Patreon gets you access to that content. We're going to do a lot of aftercasts in 2019. So please uh, support us on Patreon and unlock all of that content. But before we do that, before we jump into the aftercast, favorite story of the year. I already know what Daryl's going to say, I think. <laughs> Justin Weaver, favorite story of the year. Favorite story of the year is The Haunting of Hill House. Ooh. I love that there is a story that takes place, I believe in the 90s, is when that story takes place for the kids and everything. Um, 80s yeah. or 90s. And then right. a present day story, and then you get to piece together bits of the history of this place over the uh, few generations that it's existed. Um, You watch a family deal with tragedy together, um, multiple tragedies, uh, and ultimately uh, come out in a much better place than they entered it because they decide to um, enter into the process to... uh, seek to bear with each other and love each other in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the effects of uh, death. And I I think it's a great, great story. I'm going to have to watch it. I'm going to have to break yeah, down. Yeah, you really do. I'm going to have to wake up at 8.30 in the morning, watch it, and then drink myself to sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> and then if, you'll be taking you on through, a if you character through Game story of, of one of the characters. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'll become one of the characters. All right, Daryl, what is your top story? The best uh, story? A Quiet Place, for I, sure. I figured you'd say that. I mean, The Haunting of Hill House is amazing. I would say that's the best TV story that we've gotten this year, for sure. Okay. Um, I probably enjoy Titans a little bit more, just because it has Dick Grayson in it, but... Objectively, The Haunting of Hill House is probably the best story on television this year. But my favorite, yeah, it has to be A Quiet Place. Yeah. It's just, it hits all the right buttons for me. It's exciting. It's intriguing. It's um, fantastical. But the themes of it are just so close to home for me. And it's just undeniable. So I have two uh, that come in in the top for stories for me. One of them is super lighthearted. It's more like in the vein of Back to the Future. And then one is a lot darker. The lot darker one is A Quiet Place. It is phenomenal. It is very intimate. It is very intense. The entire thing is is phenomenal. There's no question about it. Um, the other one, you will not be surprised to you because it showed up in most of the categories <laughs> that I've done here. Rampage. It, exactly. Rampage and the story of The Rock. Yeah. Uh, no, Into the Spider-Verse. Fantastic story. Really fun. Um, I, I need to see it again. I need to see it again for sure. But it might be up there with Back to the Future in a, 
in like the perfect film level category for me. Um, So really, really, really excited about it. And I think you should all go see it. That'll do it for us. Uh, We will be back on the Aftercast talking about 2019 and talking a lot about the podcasts we listened to over the year and the ones that we really enjoyed either doing ourselves or listening to from other people. So thank you for joining us, guys. For sure. I'm excited about 2019. Here we come. That is it for today's show. Thank you to Justin, our latest host, for joining us today. Obviously, you're going to hear a lot more from him and Sandra Demas to come, and we're really excited about what the future holds. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of it. That's right. You don't want to miss the aftercast again. We'll be talking about our uh, favorite podcasts, geek podcasts, and other kind of podcasts as well, and our own podcasts, actually, the ones we enjoyed making the most. We'll also talk about what's coming up in 2019. So make sure you have access to the Aftercast. Head over to thestorygeeks.com and figure out the way to become a supporter. Also, while you're there, check out the Ashley Pauls and Anthony Holder blogs. And we do hope you support us because all supporters gain access to today's Aftercast, all of the past ones, all of the future ones. So for more information on that and all of the other premium content that we offer, head to thestorygeeks.com. If you enjoyed today's show or any of the Story Geeks podcast, please share our show with a geek friend. So thanks for listening, and as always, question everything in your favorite geek stories, and always seek the truth. <laughs>